Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we're recording right now on Tuesday, September 17th. Uh, a couple days from Saturday, uh, our beat down after, beat down in the Rose Bowl to, yep. to 30,000 Oklahoma fans. <laughs> 15,000. Maybe 40. <laughs> 15,000 UCLA loyalists, masochists. Yeah, um, it was what we were expecting to happen, but somehow it just, like, seeing it actually happen felt worse than it should have. Um, hey, but at least we hit our average of 14 points scored. It seems to be the magic number. Yeah, magic... Uh, not good magic, but it's it's a magic number. Yeah, what's our scoring offense at now? Um, nationally, right? One twenty nine or something. <laughs> In terms of offense, total offense. So yeah, I mean, if you look at it on the other side, we are nearly at the the top of the bottom. We are again uh, the bottom team, bottom bottom ten teams, ranked in the bottom ten. We're the only winless Power 5 team, um, and we're... Pl- Man, this is some history that Chip is is, is uh, making right now. And we're on pace uh, for our worst seasons, consecutive seasons, since, I believe, 1921 and 1922, or it's the other. It's the third and fourth year of the program existing, back when we were not even the Bruins. We're like Grizzly Bear. And <laughs> like <laughs> Southern Cal, like it, like you know the UC. We were still the Southern Southern branch, branch Grizzly Bear. Yeah, it's quite insane. When a professor was coaching, <laughs> who happened to just learn a game of football. <laughs> it's it's ironic. I mean, Chip Kelly, for someone who's such a numbers guy, is he is it's quite fascinating to see the numbers that he's putting up right now or lack of numbers um historical numbers in the sense of failing uh the lack of numbers in the sense of winning it's it's pretty pretty incredible i i just and there's no sign of improvement so i don't know what to make of it at this point i mean i think we talked about that before this game and like I don't know. I I just I don't know what to what to make of any of it. I think it's clear and there's there's a lot of lot of noise about this on Twitter, but like why is he just not running the damn blur? Yeah. And and I guess that also speaks to Everything he's experimenting with is just not working at UCLA. The pro offense isn't working. Yeah, there was improvements in the second half. Um, there are the rushing yards are going up as Josh Kelly gets comfortable. There's all these the, like, I mean, you can say incredibly baby steps to improvements since even Cincinnati, but it's just not enough to get the results that either you know he looks defeated and that's i mean you watch the press conference 
the program looks lost and it's it's complete I can't you know it's funny you say one step forward two steps back this is like I mean you're 0 and 3 you're taking you're falling goddamn backwards down a slope <laughs> it's boy you can't even you feel like you can't even take another step like the leg is broken um and and that's how the program feels like an ankle is broken and it is and you don't even know the timeline for it. Uh, it's a high, high break, and that's how this program feels right now. That's how our fans feel. I mean, did you see uh, Troy Aikman's tweet in terms of like sad result of the game, and then he just turned it to you know speaking about his old coach, Terry Donahue. <laughs> it's just like yeah. I mean, I I did, and it it was interesting to see that because he was one of the main kind of guys behind bringing Chip here. And I, there seems to be some clear frustration on on that part. If if again, it's a tweet, so I'm just gonna go ahead and read way too much into it. But like, he didn't really comment much except for yeah, this sucked, and then tried to sort of deflect from the actual game to like, oh, by the way, great spending time with Terry Donahue. Loved that guy. Blah blah blah. Um. So, yeah, it is curious, and I would love to, you know, know what's going on in his head and and Casey Wasserman's head and some of the big donors' heads right now. Um, I mean, word word around town is that he's not, you know, Chip Kelly is not going anywhere. Barring a complete collapse to 0-12. I don't even think it has to do with the record. So many kids would have to transfer... Um, in terms of just the depth, the APR score would have to actually dip um, in order for him to be uh, axed. And but that's all very possible if we do go. Anywhere. Yeah, and we're not even talking about that. Our APR scores were already low as of the four-year average, and a lot of that had to do with the removal of the you know the 30 something i mean i guess like three of them left early to the draft caleb wilson andre james and then i'm missing another but in that case like he has some responsibility and he's not setting himself up that's there's literally no positives around the recruiting the academics the apr what's on the field it's it's astonishing it's actually a feat of 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 how below par that our program is on every facet. Um, I can't even, and as I even say that, I'm trying to check myself and say, well, maybe you're wrong here, but I can't think of it. If you can think of any where this football program's going, it just seems like it's deep diving. And it's, I think it's fascinating to watch. I'm feeling more resigned from everything. And and I know I told you, I was like, yeah, I wanted to rage, but I'm actually just, I'm amazed by how this is going. I think national media is, you know, for them not to have any research. And that's the issue. When you see national media who doesn't have, who hasn't been paying attention to the program is actually saying things that make sense um, (laughs) about our coach. They don't even need much information. It just, everything's so wrong that things that they they can just throw out any type of BS and it actually applies to our program because we are failing on all cylinders. I guess that's my rant. It's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's incredible. Like, you, you look at where we left off with, with Jim Mora, 
where we felt like things were were starting to fall apart there and like you know recruiting wasn't going as well and we were not winning games and there was you know the the offense was sputtering the defense was playing wasn't playing well like there was there were uh, discipline issues all that kind of stuff and at that point it was like man this can't get much worse as it is right now two years later and it feels like we've cratered from that like that time which we still made a bowl game in like feels like it was great compared to where we are now and it's just there's yeah it's just mind-boggling that you know chip kelly is not doing and nobody on the coaching staff seems to be doing anything that they have had historical success with and there just seems to be no good logic behind not doing that. And I, I just like, it's, it, it really is mind boggling and it's, it's hard to see where the direction of the program is going besides down. Like what is the plan at this point? And the, the, the best part about this is we're entering conference play. So it's a whole new season. And as we, you know, we go to Pullman, uh, this, the first three games just were completely a disaster, like no exaggeration. Um, um, yeah. I mean, looking back at Oklahoma, you, the first, I mean, look, I don't think anybody was actually expecting to win this game, uh, including even before this season went to complete shit. I think this is a game that was a game that most people had um, circled off as an L, and even with, you know, people a lot of people predicting us to win six plus games. That was always sort of resigned to be a loss. The only thing we were really hoping for was to be somewhat competitive in the game, which we were not. Um, it just we did see some positives. Um, you know, Devin Asiasi actually was on the field and played well. Um, yeah, he had 71 saw yards, some, which was what we yeah, expect from him this season. Right. Um, we saw some designed runs and some option plays and pitch options and things with um, DTR, which, you know, actually he seemed to uh, execute pretty well and he made some good decisions on those plays. Uh and then we saw, in, in kind of a relation to that, we saw some blur concepts that we have not seen yet. And so I don't know if that's any sort of indication of, you know, Chip Kelly starting to realize that maybe he should go back to that kind of bread and butter of his or what. But there were a few things that were curious to watch. Um, but again, like, it's just, that was it. There were no other positives. Uh, there's just, I mean, even the run defense didn't look great. There was I would like, say by the end of the, the game, defense I was, I mean, obviously they allowed the points they had, but it was, they were probably the biggest problem of the game. And it's something that we talked about last game as well, allowing San Diego state to score 23 points against us after being shut out by Weber state the week before. So defense has been garbage all season. Offense has been garbage all season. 
there was nothing against Oklahoma that, you know, we could build off of, in my opinion. There was no, unless we go full blur and put those packages into, you know, a more permanent um, scheme, I just, I don't see many positives out of that game. You know, we made some adjustments in the second half. Our offense seemed to be moving a little bit more. Um, but it, it just, there was still, like, so many missed throws and just, you know, the running, the O-line is just letting our running backs get hit, like, three or four or five yards behind the line of scrimmage. It's just, it's a joke. It's pathetic. Um, and I don't, I, again, I don't think it's a talent issue. I, I do think Oklahoma was a lot more talented, but I don't think it was, you know, like, it looked like we were an FCS team out there, and I don't think the talent level gap is that big. And so for them to come out and just absolutely embarrass us like that is just, it's, you know, disgusting. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to spend that much time recapping this game. We all saw it. We all know what happened. It's, I, it, it's all been said already. Same thing we've seen. I mean, oh, with, with, yeah. ex, with the exception of a few, you know, wrinkles that we were hoping it was the full offense that we would have under Chip Kelly, but. Yeah, I agree. Like, I would love to break down this game uh, quarter by quarter, but it's just, it's it's not pleasant for us at this point. It's not. It's not pleasant. We're not going to learn much more besides, you know, we threw in a little bit of blur and then we still sucked on defense. Yeah, and we were clearly outmatched by the team that we wish we looked like. Um, a high offense team with a self, with a mediocre defense that's able to get by until it makes it to the playoffs. Like, I would love that. <laughs> um. Oh, 100%. Now, now what what I would like to, you know, attempt to make some semblance of is, like, what do we do going forward now? We have Washington State coming uh, up on Saturday. I think it's at 730 West Coast Yeah, time. Pac-12 after, yeah. after um, dark in the making. Pac-12 after dark. We have a, you know... Washington State program that, you know, used to be a bottom dweller and then the last several years has been quite good. Um, you know, they're always kind of in that dark horse to, to make a playoff kind of um, tier of, of teams these days. They're always, you know, in the hunt to win the Pac-12. And they're always, you know, a formidable opponent to play in Pullman. Um. So we're 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 going up there Saturday. We're 0 and 3. We really have no signs of improving anywhere. I don't see any any uh signal that we're going to win this game. Neat. You're the optimist here. Yeah, uh so you tell me. <laughs> you know what? Uh Stranger things have happened in Pullman, so I have to play that role. Um, and oh, it's boy. a Pac-12 after dark game. You know, Mike Leach is interesting. I I think if our defense played up to par, then we would have a chance. But I, the way our secondary's been this uh, season, I don't see. I don't even think it's the players. I just think the scheme is is going to be destroyed by these wide receivers. Um, 
Oh, Mike Leach is probably licking his chops up there right now. And um, at that case, I just, yeah, at home, Pullman on the road, the second road game that we had. Uh, even me, myself. I say that the only reason why I say that it's a close game is just because of Washington State just completely checking out. And I mean that in the sense of, for whatever reason, the weather being bad or just like on a Friday night, they know that they're going to get this game. Like, and I mean by close by like 10 to 17 points, right? And <laughs> and I, I think, yeah, the spread for this game is going to be 18.5. So, I mean, just maybe barely not covering. But, I yeah, Washington State's going to take care of business. Um, it's I was watching them against Houston. It was interesting because Houston also played Oklahoma. Um, and Houston played Oklahoma much better than us. They struggled at the beginning, um, but eventually came back into it. Ironically enough, I mean, we never came back into the game with Oklahoma, so there's a difference there in terms of the performance. But funny enough, Washington State was on the road against Houston, and they go down uh, 7-14, and then they just, the halftime adjustments were there, Mike Leach's system, um, and they turned on the Jets. Like It seemed like there was just some type of halftime speech that got the team going, and we saw Gordon making the passes that he's been making um, the first two games. And so I don't expect necessarily us to, to even go up, uh, but that to that speaking, Washington State is their top 20 team. And I think that's pretty much, that's an appropriate rank. I would say 20 to 25 um, fluctuating. but And they have their wide receiver core watching it. Just they have so many, many talented wide receivers. I don't see them really falling off they have that cushion um in terms of that i think they're going to stay there i think they're going to prove that against us um but i, yeah, I it's, it's a simple formula against us right now you have a a good quarterback who can run that air raid system and a bunch of good fast receivers who can catch the ball against excuse me against our secondary who can't defend the pass and you know, is going to play eight yards off of the line of scrimmage on each of these receivers. We're going to get torn apart. We're going to get torn apart. Uh, it's going to be one of those games like the East Coast Bruins are probably not going to watch the fourth quarter. Right. It'll be, what, already midnight by yeah. then? Yeah. By the time the fourth quarter, yeah, it'll probably be. Ten thirty, and I, I it's interesting because Mike Leach, I a lot of comparisons. His name keeps coming up because he's someone who I guess you know we look at, and he came from Texas Tech. Um, after the controversy, um, with the shed, but he came in with a system, and he kind of, I mean, first he was at a lowly program like Washington State, which is what I would say eleventh in the Pac twelve in regards of um, historical uh, prestige. But with, um, with that, he, you know, his first few seasons, he didn't, he didn't perform like he was at Texas Tech. And eventually he got that program there. And then so a lot of us are like, oh, maybe that's how much time Chip Kelly needs. And then, praying, you know, the argument back is like he doesn't need that much time. 
because we don't even know what system he's putting in. Mike Leach came in with a system. And so I think there's very much an argument to be made on both sides, but it is interesting to see how Washington State stayed patient. And I think it does speak to us Bruin fans. I mean, our program's at the lowest of the lowest, and that's the problem. And and I just don't think we, like, UCLA has too many natural advantages, as we both know, to ever be at this point. And, and Washington State is on the border of Idaho. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's right there. It's not really, they just, they got the new facilities, I think, I believe about four or five years ago. Um, and they still don't even have the recruits they have, but they have a system that works. And that's why you have faith in it. UCLA just, uh, yeah. to your point, sorry. To your point, sorry. No, I, and, and I, get the, I get that comparison, and, and I've also seen it being brought up a lot. Um, I believe Mike Leach went like three and nine, five and seven, and three nine again or something his first three years. Um, not not great. I don't I don't remember the exact numbers, but anyways, it was not great. But you're right. He came in with the system, and and frankly, he was building up that program from you know base level, like Washington State before he got there was you know, the one, a complete bottom dweller, not only in the Pac-12, but kind of nationally. UCLA, when Chip Kelly came in, I would say was not, you know, anywhere remotely as down as Washington State was when Mike Leach came in. So, you know, for him to, for anyone to be like, oh, look, you know, he's doing what Mike Leach is doing, I just, I find that to be a ridiculous comparison only because we've have the talent level that it was, you know, much higher. We have the facilities that are much better. We have the natural recruiting, um, advantages, like you mentioned being in Los Angeles, we have the media connections. We have all of this to where you do not need to take three, four five years to rebuild, especially with the talent that we already had on the roster. And so, you know, for anyone to try to come in and say, hey, this I need this kind of time, I just, I, I find it absurd. And especially like you pointed out, there is no clear path or plan or, you know, blueprint in place to kind of show everyone this is where we're going to be in the next three years. And, you know, it looked like we had something like that last year in the last three or four games of the season, which is why everyone was excited this year. And that was just sort of, you know, a, a red herring. None of that came to fruition. So the the, the Mike Leach uh, rebuild comparison, I just, I don't, I don't find to be an apt comparison. Um, speaking of, of Mike Leach, he did just come out, I think today, to, to see and said that, you know, he's, he thinks that Chip Kelly will eventually succeed here now i i mean we'll see but it was a it was an interesting comment that now that we're talking about him yeah i mean if you remember the comments from david shaw last year after the game which also (laughs) um also you know got us excited and just added fuels to the flame of just ucla going in the right direction david shaw also made a comment after we lost by seven points to stanford that he expects both teams you know to be in the pac-12 championship in the future and he's like that's a tough team 
Um, so I, 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 the reason why I say that is I think most of these coaches are staying behind, you know, and supporting Chip Kelly. I don't think Chip Kelly's a bad guy, and I think he's actually friends with a lot of these guys. As he's, he was visiting Shaw's practices. I don't know if he was visiting Mike Leach's, but, you know, they share a lot in common in terms of the guys who come through, who, like, yeah, as mean, offensive uh, innovators. Eh. Right, they definitely know each other, but also, like, why wouldn't Leach or Shaw want somebody who's tanking the program to these lows to stay in the conference for as long as possible? It only helps them with wins and recruiting. So, yeah, of course they're going to say yeah. that. Yeah, and so I don't put too much weight to that, um, especially right. I, especially I game week. Um, uh, like most of these guys do compliment each other, but he at the same time he's looking at game tape and he is dissecting. You know, it's interesting. Washington runs a 3-4 defense, and I, I'm curious to see how they'll run it against our multi-pro whatever offense we have. And um, and I say that because, like, both, you know, see how successful the air raid is against our hybrid 3-4 and then our pro against their 3-4, uh, traditional 3-4 that he had. And he's had some a few actually really good defensive coordinators come from it. Yeah, Grinch is one that comes to mind. Um, who? Just as a side note, what a perfect name for a defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, if you hire a guy just named Grinch, he probably doesn't need to coach. The players would just be fired up. <laughs> uh but, yeah, I'm curious. I am curious. Like, I'm actually, I'm still, I don't know about you. I'm excited. It's, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's an addiction. Maybe it's, but I'm, I'm not dejected to the point. I'm curious to see because this team really, it's still disbelief that this team could be this bad. And you just, like, one day maybe it'll break through. Or, again, it's just continuously just fumbling. And it's, it's actually a sight to see in my, like, I turned on that Oklahoma game. And I was like, wow, Jalen Hurts really just did exactly what we predicted and ran right down the middle or, like, in, within a couple minutes. Like, it's, I don't know, there's a comedy to the season as much as there's a tragedy. <laughs> and it's, it's I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this game compared to, like, I don't know, during Moore's uh, 2017 year, I was pretty frustrated. Uh, with these type of games because I just don't know what Chip Kelly's doing um, and I, I, I'm i curious to see how he bounces back if he's resilient in this sense like because this is the lowest the program I think could get and I don't know if you agree with me but and I want to see if it's going to be during one of these games Washington State might maybe not even to win it but anything is seen as progression at this point because it's become so low so I'm I'm definitely I mean court. I mean what what is progression at this point? Twenty one points, maybe seventeen. <laughs> so, so progression is showing that we can score more than fourteen. Yeah, progression, and not even a sense of the point, but like if we get to the red zone, um, we actually finish and we score right we always get to this point where god this is such a low it's bar. such a low bar you know i'm i'm gonna digress a little bit but i went to the jets and browns game and it was so miserable watching uh their third stringer um struggle to just get a first down and that's how i felt watching ucla washington straight quarterback yeah funny enough and luke, luke falk and and, you know, and, and just the Jets fans were just struggling as they relied on Le'Veon Bell. And I like to think, like, 
you know, and the Browns stack the box. And offense just looks so much like what we're watching as well. Um, so, so I was like, oh my gosh, is this just, is this haunting me? Like this, these type of plays, I can't even enjoy a game, but I want to see some. Falk, Falk got it going a little bit at the end there. Yeah. I mean, by that point, the, the Browns are going to cover and he threw, he threw up some bad passes and, and Roddy Anderson like saved them. But it was again, Jets fans. I just felt the, f- he's still better than Darnold. Agreed. And, um, yeah, it was it was a tough one to watch, but I want to see like just consistent. If we can get two consistent drives, where the offense is able to move the ball, able to finish scoring, um, it 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 does feel like okay, there's something that we this is this fills the expectation and and if it's someone against, I would even say, I mean, this week it being Washington State, but next week against Arizona in a second row game, like we just want. Again, that same feeling we got at the end of last season. Again, we left the season three and nine. But if you would have told most of Bruin fans, we were like, we're right there, you know, like in terms of being on the cusp of being a competitive team. We were going into the season like three and nine wouldn't have mattered to us because we at the beginning of the season, the first five losses, we it felt like many moons ago. And I would like to have that feeling. We have nine games left and I'm hoping it's sooner than later. Um, because I remember, I mean, we all know that Fresno State game was pretty sad. and <laughs> Right. But, but you know, even if we do build a little momentum, like, based on the beginning of this season, like, it seems like we're just going to throw it all away again starting season three. If we do end up, you know, winning three or four games and, and you know, looking like we're on a positive trajectory... I just there's no reason to believe that you know starting year three with that positive trajectory we're gonna actually continue on it. Yeah, but at this point, this season's been so wacky. I I've actually gotten into like what happens in the season stays in the season. I last going before the season, I was like, okay, next year we're gonna win against New Mexico State, Hawaii, and then we'll beat San Diego State, like. And now I have no confidence against any of those teams, right? And it kind of, I think it humbles us to be like, it actually is game by game. You know how players, as fans, we're always looking forward to. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to predict and we're supposed to come up with this. But I'm so, now I'm so dejected in the sense of looking forward to a bowl game or, you know, the postseason and being able to have the camaraderie and like, you know, just the seeing everything that's happening. I'm actually just, I want to see them play football and just have some consistent, like it, that's how low our expectations are just getting on the field and that, and then seeing what comes out of that, just building momentum. That's all I want in this PAC 12 play as we preview it. Um, I don't want stalled momentum. I will be frustrated if we get to before Utah, you know, after the Colorado, Arizona States and games, and we are literally at the same point that we were at Oklahoma at 14, 14, 14. <laughs> and, and I, that's where I'll get frustrated. So again, this is the optimism in me being like, this is PAC 12 play. Um, let's see how this team bounces back. How resilient are these, uh, are these Bruins in that sense? Cause they sure look like they were out of it against Oklahoma but they none of them I mean they know they have to play another game this week and 
and we know we're going to watch. Well, some of us. I know a lot of fans who are, and alumni are just, they're over it, which is fair. I don't blame them. Like, I'm pretty over the season. I'm pretty over Chip Kelly at this point. Um, I'm pretty over the staff. I think Jerry Azanaro is a garbage defensive coordinator and needs to go. Uh, I know you like Paul Rhodes, and I like him as a recruiter, and I don't know how much say he has over his, you know, DB schemes, but, you know, he might need to go to, like, everybody on the defensive side needs to go, in my opinion. Um, And I'm just, I, I don't know what it would take for me to get, get, back into this season maybe if we string together a couple wins in a row maybe that would you know kind of turn the tide and maybe actually we will be on a positive trajectory I don't know but you know at at this point just the the embarrassment of being a UCLA fan is just like it degrading it's it's paper bag status at this point and that's what we saw i've never like are we have we ever seen paper bags at the at the rose bowl i i mean i no we, but i know we have the, the oklahoma game this past week but i think that was the first time i've ever seen a picture of paper bags yeah it's 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 gotten to that point and again if it, you know if we've we're winning or if we had won even against San Diego state, I don't think we myself and a lot of other fans would be in kind of a, the state of depression with where the program is. But you know, we're, we're here. We are sitting here like <laughs> thinking about how we're going to, you know, what the results of pac 12 player are going to be and trying to figure out if we could even, you know, scrape out a couple of wins here and there. You know, teams like Oregon State, where we had all sort of circled as W's, now are at the bare minimum question marks. Um, and it is very realistic that we could go 0-12 the, ba- the way we've been playing the last three games. Like, I do not discount that possibility at this point in the season. So if we go into Pac-12 play, what would be your adjustment on your prediction for the, the season? And how it's going to turn out. How many games do you think we're going to win uh, for the season? I think we beat Oregon State at home, which is an if. But I think we can still do it. And I this is just the homer in me, and because I will refuse to ever admit an L against them, but I think we beat USC. Okay. So you're 2-10. So 2-10. So and ten. Two, two and ten. So we've now officially regressed from three and nine to two and ten. I say four and eight. What are your four wins? Four wins is Arizona, Oregon State, Colorado. You're struggling. Colorado, yeah. and SC. All right. Well. We'll see. I, I think Colorado is beatable. I, and, uh, I mean, they just, I guess they got beat down by the triple option with Air Force. But um, I we'll see later on. And I just think that's a beatable team. And um, There's a lot of beatable teams in the Pac-12. I'm not, I'm not arguing that point at all. I think there's, you know, the Pac-12, every team 
in the Pac-12 right now is beatable, I would say. Even, you know, Washington and Oregon are not juggernauts. I mean, Stanford got their asses handed to them by UCF. Right. And so there's every team has its weaknesses right now. And I think had we been, you know, mediocre even, like we could have made a little bit of noise in the Pac-12 this year. But but we're not even mediocre. We're just playing out, playing bad. Uh, so I I think we will have to disagree on four wins here. I, I don't see more than two. And I'm being generous with that. The reason, so the, I guess the thing is I'm looking at coaching now. Uh, Mike Leach, I think, is a superior coach than, you, than Chip Kelly right now, right? And that's why I think we lose this Saturday. I don't think Kevin Sumlin is a much better coach than uh, Chip Kelly, as even as bad as Chip's been. So I think that can be uh, a competitive game, and I just give us that win. Um, Oregon State, Jonathan Smith, they shouldn't lost to the teams that they lost to. Um, well, I guess they lost to Oklahoma State, which wasn't bad. And then Hawaii, I don't think they should have lost to Hawaii, but that's just my opinion. They had that game. And um, Cal Poly beat, so they got their first win. But we get to see how that team really plays out. Um, I know they got some transfers. So I think that's another competitive game. I think... Then after that, you get Stanford. David Shaw, I think, is a superior coach at this point, even if his talent is down. And I think Costello would, would pick it back up. Stanford's one of those weird teams where they, they'll have a they'll have struggles at the beginning of the season, but by the end of the season, they're a different team. We've seen it happen, um, unfortunately, at our expense. Plus, we're, yeah, we're also cursed in that game. Yeah, and I actually think... Um, Arizona State, Herm Edwards is just, it's, that's another comparison because he's a second-year coach who just took down Michigan State for a second year in a row. And with a freshman QB, true freshman QB, who obviously we led for, but I won't go into that, on the road in, in, in Lansing, East Lansing, and the way that Herm Edwards has shown um, to control the clock, I just think that uh, Arizona State would get us... Um, I think that would be one of those games. Herm Herm Edwards has been an interesting case. Like, he was the guy everyone shat on when he got hired, and Chip Kelly was the guy that everyone commended UCLA on. And it's been complete opposites. And it's that that's a it's been fascinating to kind of see both coaches. Yeah, how they operate. And we all again, that was another close loss last year with two coaches. One that uh, ended up taking his team to a bowl game. Um, with with a, right. a talent, more talented team, um, an older team. But it, watching them this year with the younger QB, it, Herm has, I mean, they struggle against Sac State again. So the jury's out on them to see if they could put something consistent, but I was impressed uh, how. Sure, but they're in a much better position than we are right now, even if they're con- struggling against Sac State. Yeah, and that one was just a weird game on a, you know, on a weekday, so... Uh, again, and then Colorado Mel Tucker, again, the coaching is a question mark, and that's why I give us the wins. It's basically a coaching question mark, and Clay Hilton just, again, is Clay, so we don't even know if he's going to be there after this Friday or the, you know. You know, we, we shit on Clay Hilton a lot, but he's still, 
I'd still put him in as a better coach right now than Chip I Kelly. I think that's fair. Even with the questionable calls that he makes, that's how bad it is for us. But Yeah, I, and I, I, that's not to say that, you know, Clay Helton's a good coach. It just... It just it's more of a comment on how bad of a coach Chip Kelly is right now. Um, so I guess the question marks in coaching are the ones that I think we have a chance at, and that's why I give us four wins. But that's four and eight. I mean, that's one game improvement. You you in your case, you're saying we're gonna be one game worse. I say we're gonna be finish the season maybe one game better. It wouldn't feel like maybe, I mean, by then, maybe. It doesn't feel like our team's better than last year's team that lost to Stanford, but uh, I, I still do think that we finish out with a better record on paper. I don't know. I You are a more optimistic person than I am, but I, I just, I don't see it. Um, again, I, I could see us going 0-12. Like, very possible. If that scenario does happen, then it will be interesting to see what happens with recruiting, with donors, and, you know, with Chip Kelly as head coach. There's, I don't know if you read that article in the LA Times about, you know, there was speculation about whether or not Chip himself would be patient enough to stay at that point. Or even, you know, past the season if things go as badly as they could. I just, I don't put a lot of credence into that. Because that assumes that he is taking or kind of putting the blame on everybody else besides himself. And if you were to walk away, then I don't think he ever gets a head coaching job in college football for a very long time. Unless he goes down a tier. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I also don't think. I just think he has something against the LA Times. So, uh, I don't think they have much information on <laughs> on how Chip Kelly's feeling. I don't think he has a good relationship with them um, from the interactions I've seen. Uh, so I, I. I mean, he doesn't have a good relationship with any media member. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, except for the ESPN guys and like Bruce Feldman, he has his his couple of guys, but. Uh, I know that speculation is going to go around, and I think that's just natural given the fact that he's been falling down uh, the ladder, you know. But I think he's with us for four years. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's going to right the ship. I think he has too big of an ego to step away. I think we're in it. Um, it definitely won't be him that steps away. But again, like the season has not gone the way we expected. Little do we know. December approaches and Chip Kelly has resigned and we see that red ticker at the bottom and UCLA is looking for to hire I don't know like another hopefully this is a thing I actually want to look this up and maybe our you know our listeners or other Bruin fans know this but when's the last time we've hired like a hot shot coordinator from a program um, and gave them the reins. Someone who's been recruiting, who's young, um, to take over, and that's come from a, like a Ryan Day type of. Yeah, funny enough, and I I wasn't thinking of him because he came from Chip Kelly's tree, but yeah, and and I was thinking of UCF's coach like Josh Hupo, um, and then there's others as well, but like I guess well he's a coach, sorry, but uh. 
someone who's like I Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, of. a coordinator or someone who's like taken a group of five team. Not even like Luke Fickle because he had his stints, but um, another group of five team that and had them rolling and rolling, and we just picked them up and they kept it going. You know, and they had West Coast ties as well. Like we just seem to our hiring again. We're going back to Dan just doesn't understand it's a cultural issue that UCLA has like of understanding football coaches and who's going to necessarily know what succeeds at UCLA's in terms of the the advantages and the distractions that are there you know with these young guys I don't think we have hired anybody like that in 20 years and Jim Moore came from the league he was a felt you know his last stint was the Seahawks like Right, uh, you know, New Heisel had been. He was a passion you know, hire. Who was you know? Passion hire, and he had coached Colorado and won us and, a Rose Bowl, and Washington. Yeah, and played for us. Uh, Durrell and Toledo, like none of those guys were only splash hires, from what I can remember. Um, or or fit into that mold you kind of described. So I I don't know. I mean, who would be that guy right now? I mean, because Darrell, like, he was a wide receiver coach for the Broncos. Like, before we hired an NFL guy, again, that didn't have many college ties, but just UCLA ties. It's just, it's such an administration failure that's going on. And I don't even blame them on Chip Kelly, because Chip Kelly was, like, the big fish in the market, right? But it was it's, it's, right, and I don't think anybody does. It, but and now in hindsight, you look at it; it's such a UCLA hire again. Like it's someone who's failed. Like on their last stint, they took a year out, and again we're like, we just ignored the signs of someone who, I I still think has the ability to be a great coach, but is just fighting himself in terms of what he wants to yeah, be known as. I, I, I. I I do disagree a little bit with you in terms of that hiring him was such a UCLA move. I, he was such a sought after coach in the market. He had those West coast ties. He doesn't have UCLA ties. Um, like he was a kind of out of the family hire who, you know, beat up on us for so many years. I do, I do think it was a little bit different than most hires that we've made in the past. Um, and it was again. It was that big splash hire. This wasn't like, oh, this guy is some random coach who that you know played at UCLA. We're gonna hire him. Like, Florida was after him. Everyone was after him. You know, the uh, Southern Cal was shitting their pants when we hired him. Like, everyone was like, oh damn, this is, this is this is it. You know, the media was all on board. And and that's not something UCLA ever does. Even with Mick Cronin, who I'm a big fan of so far, like that was like the media was generally pretty commending of that hire in terms of you know his fit and everything. Um, not of the search and hiring process, but of the actual coach. Uh, but he again wasn't that big splash hire, and and. Chip really, I thought, broke the mold of the UCLA typical UCLA hire, and I, I and I don't blame the current administration for hiring him, even with all the issues. And I don't think any fan currently is. Um, 
I, that's that's like one of the few things I think Dan Guerrero's did correctly was to get you know whether or not how much he how much involvement he had in it I you know that seems to be a big debate it seems like he was pretty hands off in the process either way um, you know I will give them props for getting him here but and I and I I can't blame them for how it's gone but at a certain point. The administration, I do think, needs to step in and be like, what is going on here? And rethink and, and you know, put into place or, you know, push Chip Kelly into, you know, committing to doing something. And right now, I don't know what he's doing. And I don't, I, I frankly don't think the administration knows what he's doing, which is a problem. Yeah, he's got it stopped. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, going into Pac-12 play, I think we're all, we're all still stumped. We'll see how this goes against Washington State on Saturday. Again, I, you think that we can kind of keep it within 10 to 17 points. I don't see our, our uh, defense holding the air raid back very much um i don't see our offense scoring a ton of points on them either so yeah i mean here we are pac 12 plays upon us and we're still scratching our heads going what the hell is going on and what are we gonna so do? do you think we cover on uh the, the 18.5 what's the 18. line 18.5 19 are the two lines uh no so you think we lose by at least 20 i think they score at least 35 and we won't score more than 14 gotcha. as is tradition. Gotcha. So what's the, so what's the final score for you? 45, 14. I think it'll be like, yeah, 35, 14, 38, 14. They'll get a field goal. We'll hold them to a field goal. One drive. Uh, I'm going to say, <laughs> here's me, uh, 35, 21. Wow, you have a scoring more than yeah, 14. I think we get one more. <laughs> and we move our average. Now we move to like the teen, the one teen, like in terms of national. If rank. we if we do get it, if we do go over 14, it's going to be like a, a scoop fumble. Return. Yeah, it'll be something like a punt, um, a muffed punt, a return, and then we're right there. It's not going to be an interception. It's going to be like a they're running back on the the five carries that they get drops the ball yeah, exactly and somehow one of our guys gets to it hopefully it's Mafi running running it back because that would be amazing and then he can do his dance that we all love from camp we still love you Mafi. <laughs> yeah i can't can't fault him no, not at all but i don't know i yeah, I I don't see us scoring more than fourteen. I, I, I yeah, I, I'm just jaded at this point. And you know, I it's funny. Usually, I'm so depressed and sad after every game. I'm just so over it at this point. Like I just expect to lose everything, and it sucks and it's depressing. But like, it is what it is, and it's fine. Yeah, I didn't think this could get. Uh, I was saying that this it's gotten to a point, you know, past the manic stage where you're just, you're kind of accepting and 
of what's to come because <laughs> you know that it's just it's not going to be the expectations you want it's it's in this place of i guess i'm trying to avoid the word apathy but that's exactly like you're just in a level of apathy of until you see some change and uh, man i don't know like i i think that's the perfect word though yeah it, but it's it's like this this community suffering that we're all taking place like right now of you know like you have friends like we have friends who literally we can't even text because we just don't even want to trigger it uh like hey are you watching a game no i'm not watching you know and then that makes you feel like why the hell am i watching like it's just this whole process of the whole thing and it's it's fascinating to see like reading what the older bruins have gone through when they you know we lost the miami finale and i wasn't even watching football at that time you know and i've only watched the reruns the older when i got older but just to to be able to live that and i was just thinking if we were i would love to have that season like in terms of the space we're at where we're literally on the edge of being in the national championship and i'm just oh yeah like the 90s seemed great yeah and so it's it's it is i mean yeah again our our program used to be a top 12 program it was considered you know the same that the prestige i would say where like florida is right now um and and it's just it's fascinating to see how only you know it's been a generation now there are literally people graduating who don't who were born the same year that uh UCLA had taken this dive into mediocrity it's it's crazy and you know we didn't really talk about this but the the consequences of this season going as downhill as it possibly could go is you know from a fan perspective losing people is going to have a financial impact on the school and you know at a certain point you have to cut your losses otherwise you're just going to keep reinvesting into a dying project like that's one of the first things they teach you at business school right like you need to cut your losses at some point even if you this is a very common thing people just keep trying to save projects even though you know they're going to fail like oh and you know if we invest X amount of more money or we think we can turn this around, it never works. So are you hinting that we're going to leave the Rose Bowl? Is that our, where we're going toward? Because <laughs> we, we can't even, no, I'm, we can't I mean, even fill it and we won't even be able to. <laughs> well, we can't because we're in a contract right now. What I'm saying is like, we can keep trying to make Chip Kelly work. If this season, you know, tanks as bad as it could or next season tanks as bad as it could and keep saying, yeah, you know, chip in year four, year five is really, that's that's the target. But, you know, at a certain point, UCLA is going to have to think about cutting its losses. And I, it would be, of course, the most UCLA thing to do that later rather than sooner. But, you know, I just, I, I, I'm on the, almost on the fire Chip Kelly train at this point, so... I, I think you purchased your tickets. You just haven't gotten on the train yet. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they're yeah. in the mail. And I, I will say this. I probably, I think out of 
uh, our friends, I was the first one calling for the firing of Mora um, early on because of our losses to Stanford. And I believe the one in 2014, I was pretty nervous about it. Uh, about where Mora's, um, his team was going to go. And I, I mean, I don't regret doing that at all, but I do think uh, we have to see Chip Kelly out uh, for at least three years. And I know our concern is deaf and recruiting. Depth, not deaf. Deaf of the program. But um, it feels like the death of the program. And I think we do owe him that three. I say three years. I think he's going to get four years. Um, but Look, I think we only owe him that if he shows some sort of clear plan and path to where he wants to go. And unless, you know, there's something going on behind closed doors where he's shown that to people and whatever crazy plan includes losing, uh, having two losing seasons is going to get us to, you know, some sort of greatness, then so be it. But, like, I have a very hard time believing that's the case. And so unless there's some sort of plan and improvement shown over the next this season and the season after like i see zero reason to keep him at that point he is at that point only living off of past accomplishments at oregon and we've done that plenty of times with other coaches where we hire broken coaches who 10 years ago were great and then suck and so we have the money and the resources and all that kind of stuff to get rid of him and to move on to a new coach and we should and i would have no regrets doing that if you know it got as bad as it could even after this season so i don't know we will see saturday where our team's heads yeah, at week three of the 2019 football season here we are we're at week three and we're already, already ready to jump off the cliff. I am at least. Yeah, at least we're here early before other programs get there. In terms of their their sadness, they'll come later. They'll come later. It's really sucked the joy out of this season, though. I was so excited. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, is there any other Bruin news? I know the m- men's uh, soccer they beat CSUN two zero. Yeah. Basketball starts in seven weeks. Yeah. Mick is coming up. Coach Mick. Very excited for that. We play... We have some big names. Notre Dame. This season. Yeah. Um, UNC. The CBS, CBS Classic. Classic. Yeah. CBS Classic, yeah. Uh, Maui. We have some we have some fun fun ones this year, so we'll see we'll see what Mick has has up his sleeve for us. Yeah, it can't come soon enough. At this point, I'm gonna ask this yeah, uh, now every week. I'm gonna ask you a question: Do we win before the the basketball season? Uh, uh Oregon State is before the basketball season. Yeah. Then yes. We win one game. But no more. All right, we shall see.
Chelsea. Last last year, our first one was against Cal, I believe, on the road. That was our first yeah, one. Yeah, and that was probably around October. I think that was also. weeks. Uh, a little later than I think it was right before. I Halloween. think it was week six. It was like October twenty sixth or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, week seven. And, week yeah. seven because it was our sixth game, and we already had a bye. Right. And we beat Cal down pretty badly. And, and and now look where Cal is now. They're ranked. I know. Looking good. Oh, it was October twenty, uh, October 13th. So. Yeah. Okay, mid, mid-October. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is we might get our win earlier this season. I think it's against Arizona. But uh, it's funny enough, that's the team I thought I was losing to before. Because I thought it was going to be a trap game. Now I think it's just going to be... I thought Arizona, yeah, Arizona still hasn't. I mean, Khalil Tate looked great, I guess, supposedly last week against Texas Tech. And I I saw some of the highlights, but I didn't watch the full game. Um, but, oh, man, he we actually might lose Arizona. He's going to put the Jalen Hurts on us, man, and just run over us. All right, can I change my prediction? Let's get let's end this episode before I oh, get boy. down to one and one left. All right, we're we're signing off. We're signing off. But thanks for listening. Uh, follow us at the Bruin Source. These are some of the things we're supposed to do at the end of a podcast. We haven't been doing, but yep, we're on we're on iTunes now. If you want to check it out, we have our site, our new site coming out probably soonish. Um, we're still doing our rooting guide, even though. It's sort of uh, a moot point every week so far. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> but yeah, the the hypotheticals are fun. Uh, yeah, so check us out on Twitter. We're always tweeting. Um, we have some stuff on Facebook. And yeah, we're around. So check it out. All right. All right. Go, Go Bruins. Go Bruins. <laughs>